1: It's the Weekend Show, brought to you by James Rollins, Stephen Holler, and Nathan Olson, also known as Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And their uh, lovely ballad, Teach Your Children Well, really gives us each a lesson that every faithful spoilerite should take home. And this one goes out 33 and a third percent to each one of them.
2: major spoilers theme song the major spoilers podcast is on the air pod on on the air the major spoilers podcast is on the air on the air
3: pod pod podcast Matthew, Rodrigo, and I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast,
2: podcast, the Major Spoilers podcast is on the air.
3: Hey everyone, welcome to the Major Spoilers podcast. Depending on when you're listening, it may be a weekend show. It may not be a weekend show. Depending on when it is a weekend released.
4: show, it, just it depends on when show.
3: it's released. I don't. I don't know if it Friday at ten show. o'clock is a weekend or not.
4: Let me ask you a question. Are you drunk by then? (laughs) Last couple
1: of times I've actually been getting up early on a Saturday
4: morning
3: Mm -hmm. and doing stuff. And on this table
1: there are 24 odds and ends and one falls off. Is it an odd or is it an end?
3: Doesn't matter because I'm not in the odds and end business. We're in this episode. We've got some things to talk about, including the Doctor Who hoax from two years ago that Matthew fell for this week
1: didn't fall for it. I just didn't not not fall for it. <laughs> so explain to everyone
3: what – first of all, there were two new Doctor Who episodes recovered. We talked about that on the previous episode. Go in there. We spend yep. about a good 20 minutes talking about how wonderful it is to find these uh, these unique treasures that have been lost to history.
1: But yep. – And I think honestly what happened is people heard about the new episodes and went searching. And what they came upon was a page – That indicated that supposedly somewhere in space there was a celestial array of some sort that was bouncing back old television signals to Earth, and they claimed that uh, someone in South America was recording these signals.
3: Yes, one television in the middle of South America picked up these,
1: these signals. And that they were recording these signals and they were archiving them. And at the very end, there was just a little stinger that said, by the way, we're just now getting to the point where we've found lost episodes of Doctor Who. And everybody went, ooh. (laughs) Now, I was looking at this when it it came up and it was Bruce. Bruce did it. (laughs) But in any case... I was looking at this and I'm like, ooh, this, you know, this looks real. This looks thing. And it's like, and the guy's like, you know, we're cautiously optimistic and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. And then I, I kind of looked at the date today and it was April 1st, 2009. Hmm. And then I started looking at all of the sites that were mirroring it. And there isn't a single site mirroring it that doesn't have somebody's personal blog name on it. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's on BBC.com. It's right. not something that's on. You know, any site that is quite frankly anything more than, "Hey, did you hear?" I, uh, Natalie I Portman hate, made a baby out of dreadlocks. <laughs>
3: I hate April Fools. I really do. I mean, it's my. Le- I mean, it's it's fun to pull something over somebody's eyes, right? Sure. It's fun to 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 get Matthew thinking on one direction and then he's like, "Really, really no," and then to to get that initial gut laugh. But in reality, uh, these kinds of things are. In the blogging world and online, are just cheap stunts, mm. and I hate that because some people craft it in such a way to where people are actually believing. Oh my god! And here's a hoax from two years ago, two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Some signal is bouncing off a satellite and hitting hitting this one television station. No, think about it. Yes, and but too many people buy into that stuff. And in the tech world, well, in the tech world, thing. this happens a lot, and it's a big pain in the ass. So. They said your it was an observatory.
1: Yeah, it was, and that you know someone it, used the Hubble telescope, the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico,
3: whatever it was. It could be bouncing Which off. It could be bouncing off, you know, Alpha Centauri and coming back of all the time, and people would no, believe it. it. Um, but I just hate these kind of of hoaxes and pranks that people pull. Sometimes you can do stuff that's very creative, such as the War of the Worlds. Broadcast. I mean, that right. was a hoax broadcast,
4: but... Which terrified, terrified thousands of people.
3: But, yeah, look what it did. Mm-hmm. It terrified thousands of people. I don't know if there are any confirmed suicides or deaths because of this, mm-hmm. of that and event. Not, and if
4: there are, they will likely be suppressed. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's just...
3: I, I don't know. I don't like hoaxes like, like this. Um, I'm not... I can
1: see... No, you go. Oh,
4: thanks. Um... Okay. I don't uh I don't hate them I guess. My the the problem that I have with them is when they don't go away when right. people continue to believe right. them. Like I don't care that, you know, somebody's like, "Oh, did you hear this thing happened?" and I'm like, oh, "Really?" And they're like, "No, stupid." And I'm like, yeah, "Oh, okay, yeah. you got me." Yeah, yeah. Um but the fact that, you know, 5, you know, 2 years later, this thing resurfaces and people get mm-hmm. all crazy about it. And then you have to go around and say, no, guys, this was a hoax. Well, and that's what was day.
3: driving me nuts because I was going through my normal array of websites that I visit every day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, people have already told me about the this story. Somebody had given me a heads up. I found it on both the AP Press, United Press, BBC. So I had the story. Then all of a sudden I came across a website saying, oh, sorry, that was a hoax earlier. It was wrong. And I was like. Well, was AP brought in on this? Was, and it took mm-hmm. me a good hour just searching around just going, did, did we have the right story up or not? To before I finally found this one, it was like, ah, oh, God dang it. It's just a big pain in the ass. What I really feel, uh, Matthew, you go ahead and, and talk about what your thoughts are as, as far as hoaxes go. And then I have kind of a bad scenario of mm-hmm. how this gets out of hand.
1: I can definitely see where they're attractive. For on on three levels, one you get that I'm so much smarter than you. Right. Two, it's pure link bait. Oh sure. I mean, I I I know that when this popped up on the Facey space, that you know Bruce was not the first person to send this to an you know unaware friend and have his unaware friend go, oh, this is super awesome, and then feel like you know an utter jerk afterwards, but. I, I think, from a third perspective, these type of hoaxes are important because, really, honestly, the the kind of things that we deal with on a day to day basis and the amazing stuff that we do. Sometimes I think it's good to kind of have, you know, to take the piss out of reality. To be like, ah, no, that's just stupid. Because I, I, I was, I was like both of you, a television professional once, and I know damn well that the signals, a probably wouldn't be able to go that far yeah. and certainly wouldn't be back within 50 years even you know and they they gave some fake numbers and they gave a kilohertz range and i'm like that kilohertz range sounds a little suspect but you know i, I wasn't necessarily thinking about it it's something where when i'm done i'm like oh haha ha, somebody got me and i'm kind of depressed that we don't get to see you know the first episode of the highlanders or whatever it is but it's also a moment where i'm kind of like you know this is probably something that is making people accidentally stumble onto, you know, the Doctor Who page on the BBC or or on uh, Wikipedia that says these are the episodes that are missing and going, "What's this Doctor Who thing maybe?" So I can definitely see where, you know, it, it it's the equivalent of walking up to a guy and, you know, "Hey, there's something on your tie" and then flicking him on the nose. Sure it's a jerk maneuver. But you kind of understand the thought process, and we've all done this, especially you, Stephen. How I've done have this. I done this. Oh, you do this all the time. Uh, hey, did you hear this? Hey, that's all- no. <laughs> yeah, but I and I, you can't tell me if we couldn't get something that was killer. No, killer I
3: would, lingering. I would not, I would not lie that well, way to maybe people. Maybe not
1: an overt lie. I would lie. not. I, w- I, will I will definitely not
3: that. lie, and I will tell you that I will not lie. I may be providing – somebody may have been providing me with false information, but I will not overtly go out and say, Rodrigo, DC Comics is closing. Here are the facts. Here's a bunch of numbers that I'm going to make up and throw at you and get everybody to believe that because I know that that's wrong and that's lying. And here's why I think these kinds of things spin out of control very quickly. Art Bell. Some of you may know who Art Bell is. He was an Mm -hmm. overnight talk show host uh, on Coast to Coast AM. Talked about the paranormal investigations. Somebody put up a bullshit article on the web talking about how Art Bell was racist against Filipinos and the Philippine nation and just propagated that and left it up, even though he's married to a Filipino. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened? Filipino newspaper picked it up, printed the story that Art Bell was a racist in their newspaper, basically had the entire nation ready to go kill him put a basically a death warrant on his head. And no matter how many times he had to clear this up with the newspaper, try to sue him for libel or slander or whatever, they put a retraction on page 27, Mm -hmm. they apologize, whatever, it goes away. And that gave him a lot of hassle for about a year and a half, right? His wife died, he remarried another Filipino girl, went and moved to the Philippines, Manila. And this article... Popped up again, resurfaced, and the newspaper re-ran it again. Nice. And now he's living in the country, and if people found out he lived in there, they'd probably go and kill him. That's what happens, and same things happened recently with uh, Adam Carolla. Same kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, this stuff of, ha-ha, I'm having a joke, I'm doing something uh, uh, silly, something funny, something creative, and I'm just making up all these stories, and sometimes it can have serious repercussions, you know? And I don't, I don't like that. And that's why I don't really, I I really think these hoax articles are stupid. And that's why a lot of times, especially in the last year or so, I, a lot of people are like, well, how come you didn't run this story about uh, Benicio del Toro being on Star Trek? How come it took you five days to, to write about it? Well, because I was gathering information because at first it was a rumor and then it became, he's in negotiations, So it became more close. And then he walked off. If I hadn't wrote, written about it for 10 days... It would never have been a story,
4: right? Remember, remember how Cher was going to be Catwoman? Yeah,
3: yeah. And it's just it's rumor stuff. It's just until it's been confirmed, don't believe that stuff. And and sometimes people are doing that stuff for link bait reasons, and I hate it. Now, yes, there are some things that I will do for link bait. Hey, check out the sexy Green Lantern lady dancing around for you. Right, but I'm not going to say completely irrelevant. But but at the end of that video, I'm not going to say she's really a dog or anything like that, right? right? So I I don't know. So yes, I like to have fun with Matthew and tell him a, 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 a an outrageous story occasionally, and then at the
4: end he's like, "Really? No? Why best, would you?
3: Why would that happen?"
4: The best one that I ever did, I think, was when I was a when I was in middle school. I had a I had a, a good friend, and we would both go to each other's houses to play Nintendo. And on April first, I showed up at school just looking really down, and I wasn't talking to anybody. And then eventually he came over, and I'm like, "Hey man, what's up?" And he's like, nothing, what's what's wrong with you? And I was like, well, I uh, s- kind of stayed up all night playing video games, like, past my bedtime, and I didn't do my homework, and my mom found out. So she wants me to get rid of all of my video games. So, like, do you want them? And he was like, yes! yes! And I'm like, dude, April Fool's! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is like the best one. Yeah, I've ever yeah. Done. I mean, and that's fine if it's one on one. But when you perpetrate something to where an entire country is ready to kill you, yeah, and and that's the thing is like you as as a prankster, you have a responsibility. That is why you know all the little haha Google pranks right. are about Google. Right, right, right. You know they're not like oh now with Google you can click this button and it will, like, delete your Facebook account or something like mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, all the all the ones that Google puts out are dumb little things about Google, like getting all your emails sent to you on paper. Yeah. Uh,
3: I, I think the easiest thing, Matthew, and, and tell me if I'm wrong here, oh, if it wrong. sounds too good to be true, it probably is.
1: Right? Uh, see? Mm, no. Th- Go ahead. I sorry. mean, because I would say that the, the fact that somebody found... An actual episode of Doctor who six years after everybody opined that it wouldn't happen, sounded too good to be true. Mm-hmm. The problem you're going to run into is that not everybody has that same level of too good to be true, and you know I also think that a whole country ready to kill him might be a slight bit of hyperbole too and I think that, eh, it might be but on head We're dealing with that same you know that same thought process. What I believe is too good to be true may not be the same thing for Rodrigo. I bought into this Doctor Who thing for a moment in the hopes that it might mean something good. I like to think that I'm a relatively, you know, well read person. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not as much of an idiot as I used to be. But I think that, you know, you also, it's a question of hoping something cool might happen. I mean, wouldn't it be super awesome if that happened? If we were yeah, able it, to find some of these things, you know, by by if, some cosmic yes, coincidence. Yes,
3: if there was, if, if there were signals bouncing off of Jupiter or wherever. I mean, it, sure, it, sure. you know, 50 years ago, sure, mm-hmm. things are probably out to Vega by now. Who knows? And have bounced and have come back. And 100 years later, we're starting to see uh, the very first Olympic broadcast. It, mm-hmm. That would be awesome. That would be a great scientific discovery. Mm-hmm. But then when you tag on something ridiculous like one home in Santa Prisca was picking this up for the last 10 years, then that falls into the, oh, yeah, this smells like I, a big turd. I
1: don't see any of that in the in the article that I'm reading.
3: Uh, probably not specifically for the Doctor Who bit, but if you go on YouTube, they, they've actually run, there have been some stories where they're like uh, news stories mm-hmm. that the TV station is trying to make you think – and we went over to this person's house, and this TV with the antenna up on the roof has been picking up these signals from
1: 1952. And Oh, yeah, the K-L-E-E thing. That yeah, was yeah. a hoax.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's that its that kind of stuff that, you know, once you say, okay, it, that scientific part of, really, if you think a broad spectrum and what, the way something would be coming back and the wave, the wave would be really big, and it would be hitting a huge number of people. Mm-hmm. Uh that would be picking this up, or that this would be affected. it wouldn't be pinpointed into one See, right. space
1: I don't necessarily think that this was a mean spirited one because it was clearly identified first of all, oh sure, as you pointed out as not a real b b c website and right. it was an April Fool's day right. dated post right. right. But I think it also comes down to that that sense of wonder that we've talked about before. People have called in and said they can't believe that you guys, who are supposed to be grown ups, believe in whatever you believe. And, oh yeah, yeah, the you know, uh, story that you we're know, people. About. Well, and even so much. I mean, Rodrigo has his thing with uh with uh, paranormal type abilities, and you have your thing about paranormal activities, and I have my thing about I don't know if any of these weird things exist, but. It sure makes the world a lot more interesting to imagine that they could.
3: I, I would love it if magic existed. I would love it if paranormal things existed. Mm-hmm. Thing is I yeah. I guess as I get older I'm getting to become more cynical and really think about
1: really Even think about some of the you stories were at 19. I know. That's that's saying something.
3: Well, you know, there was a time I used to I mean, I ate up Coast to Coast AM. Mm -hmm. All the time with Art Bell when it was in the the 90s, 95 through like 2000 and whatever, whenever he stepped down and then came back and stepped down again. um, I ate up everything that they were feeding out. And now you go back and listen to some of those and you're like, yeah, alien burrito. He kept an alien in the freezer and then it popped out one day and was running around. Sounded like a fascinating story back then and I was buying it up. And then today it's just like, now, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. you know? And you go and listen to Coast to Coast today, and they don't have that many. Nobody
1: would keep a burrito in the freezer. That's crazy. It's an Talks.
3: alien burrito. Um, it, but today, you know, you listen to Coast to Coast, and it's certainly not the same show it was, you know, 20 years ago or sure. anything like that. But I, I don't know. I, certainly I just not.
1: There's like a new one every day.
3: I I don't I don't have that same mind of openness and wonder that I that I once had, mm-hmm. and I don't I, you know I don't know. So that that so it becomes. Yes, you can prank me, and sometimes people do. But at the same time, it's like I don't get the the laughter and the pleasure out of doing it to people or having it done done to me. And I guess nobody likes being called the fool.
4: Uh, I, I think being the victim of a a good solid prank that in the end turns out to not have any repercussions, right, is good. You know, the the other thing is like people are like, "Ha ha! I pranked you by slashing your tires." Like that's not. Really a prank. Yeah, that's yeah, just vandalism. Yeah. Well, but so okay,
3: so Criminal Matthew activity. Matthew, how much of this great announcement of the two episodes that were actually found is now overshadowed by, oh, hoax? And now when people are hearing yeah, about these two episodes are think... now going, Oh, this is a hoax. Oh no, this is a No, they didn't find two that's th- that's a hoax, Matthew. They didn't find those two episodes. Right, which
4: was the hilarious well, conversation 32%. that we had when we Got together for the previous podcast. Yeah. Of, you know, that, yep. that brief moment of miscommunication between you and Matthew yeah. thinking, oh, no, that turned out to be a hoax. And then you're going like, no, the other thing was a hoax. I'm talking about this
3: one. Right. Yeah, right. it does
4: confuse right. the issue.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And that I hate it. I don't like it. Grr. Stop it.
1: No, I don't think – I say don't stop it because I think that those are where some, you know, entertaining things come from. I think that so much of the world is explained now that when we think about people supposedly panicking in Grover's Mill because they heard that uh, the Martians wasn't coming, that wouldn't necessarily happen anymore because people would be like, oh, it's all CGI. Yeah. Yeah, it's the monster from Cloverfield. Right. I like the expectation that the world can be – Weird and unexpected and beyond, you know, well, that goes, things I mean, that we understand.
3: That goes back to my, my hypothesis, my thought or my theory or my hypothesis that when the nuclear age started, magic died.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: All the wonderment and all the mystery died when they blew up the, the first atomic bomb. Because then you became the age of science. Magic was shelved. The great adventure stories were shelved. And now it's all about let's orbit this around the Earth. There are now, you know, this uh, satellite around the Earth. We can now map the Earth. We can see the Earth from all the angles. There is now no part of the Earth that has not been unknown, and so this this sense of wonderment is kind of gone. And I hate science the for that, but I also lo- love, but I also love science, you know. But sure. a- at the same time, it's this this cruel, cruel mistress that oh, yeah. brings you in and lures science. you in with shiny
4: iPads, and then says, "Science has no emotion." Yes.
3: And, and so, yes. So, so I'm I'm saddened that we don't have that sense of wonderment. And I kind of wish that as I listen to Coast to Coast today that I can't go, man, where's the story about the, the obelisk and the alien burrito and, and Richard Hoagland's crazy theory that you can go into Old Navy and say you're here for the meeting on days when they're having a 1995 sale and get ushered into a secret cabal meeting? Where are those great stories that had me believing and thinking? And yeah, today they're not there. So...
4: Because they've been silenced. <laughs> because they've been silenced by the Illuminati. Yep.
3: Uh, okay, there was another thing that you guys had mentioned at the end of the last episode uh, that we recorded earlier in the week. Listeners, just go back one episode in the podcast feed. You both Feel said... Fine. Yes, hopefully. You both said that you like the concept of pilot season. Why do you like... Just Pirate refresh, Rod- Rodrigo. Why do you like the, the the idea behind what Top Cow does with pilot
4: season? Um, I think it's... Uh, a good plan for a a handful of reasons first off it's a good way to get new writers out there at all like the the least you can say is i had a little pilot season thing you Mm -hmm. know i mean right right um it gets people into a mode to come up with original ideas Mm -hmm. because there are five batman books
3: right well more than that but yeah
4: if you count the bad Family, there are 17 like, Batman Yeah, bugs. it's like
3: 10 or something.
4: Um, so there's plenty of that going on. So this is people going, okay, I need to come up with an awesomely original concept for a comic. There's a mermaid, and she falls in love with a boy on land. Wait, now that's been done. <laughs> um, but it gets people That's the going. Lion King, dude. Yeah, sorry. But um, this
3: time we're gonna draw her scantily clad
4: right <laughs> and I will sell it to Zscope
3: entertainment
4: um so it does that it does get people thinking it's like right. okay and some of them kind of fall flat in a world where people get sick by being sexy yeah or people get sexy by being sick yeah. combustion you know where sexy people make us all sick right <laughs> um, and some of them take. You know things that we're familiar with and spin them in different ways. But again, it's that drive. It's 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 a it's a competition. It's a reality show, right? It, and it's the good kind of reality show where you're like, okay, everybody come up with something creative. And if you are the most creative or the most interesting, then you win. Right. Yeah. Without all the
3: BS drama right, right. and the exactly. let's go do a funny uh, who can eat the most cake in five minutes contest. Right. Matthew, do you have anything to add onto that, that concept of why pilot season is good?
1: What's, what's wrong with cake? Pilot season is a great idea simply because it's hard to get a comic notice these days. And I don't necessarily remember any of the previous pilot, pilot season stuff, but you have to wonder if, you know, a book like maybe Chew or a book that wouldn't necessarily have fit that normal mold. Could have gotten, you know, pilot season to be that really big kicking off point. Something Mm -hmm. where somebody who maybe hasn't had that big hit can take a character or a concept or something and put it together and say, this is something that I really want to do and have people respond to that. I mean, as far as the previous pilot season stuff, I have. Well, I'm not the target audience for a uh, top cow book in most situations, but I have a few Top Cow titles that I've enjoyed, and I remember reading something called Hung.
3: Nope, we lost you there, Matthew. I think we dropped. I think concept you said. Of, oh, wait a minute, Matthew. Concept. We lost you there for a minute. So you remember reading something called Hung is what we last heard from you.
1: What? That's what, what? we
3: last heard from you. You dropped off. What are you, crazy? Oh, hang on. I need to pull this. I think we got all the uh, the the gigas and the hoohas and the framastaterrary, whatever kind of word
1: that is, fixed. Okay, first of so all, so is the state of being a framastat, right?
3: So anyway, you were saying that uh,
1: is just nonsense. You're just making stuff up there.
3: <laughs> so before you you uh, dropped off, yeah. you said that you the last thing you read was something about hung, and then no, you just hunter went, killer. Oh, hunter killer. Okay.
1: From, uh, Top Cow. And it was definitely interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I, th- I think that when it comes to pilot season, it gives people a chance to do something that isn't, uh, you know, tied to codename Cyberforce or Witchblade or, sure. you know, Savage Drag Queen, whatever it is that they're putting out. And I like being able to see writers that you don't always see. You know, it's, it's not the same five guys who keep showing up or it's not, you know, I love Nick Spencer. Don't get me wrong, but these are people who are trying to be the next Nick Spencer. Sure, we need to do that. We need to show that.
3: Okay, let me. Are you guys familiar with? Let's take this a step further. And I've seen a couple of people online already kind of mention this, but are you guys both familiar with Kickstarter? Yes. Okay. So for those, are you no. Matthew? Yeah. So Kickstarter mm-hmm. is where you say, "I have a project. I need to raise this amount, this much money, in order for this project to be completed." I've supported a couple of Kickstarter campaigns. Uh, the most recent was a uh, uh Floor Dolly, or a Tabletop Dolly, which I absolutely adore. Another one is a um, a, uh, a an independent movie that I gave some money on. And the way Kickstarter works is, let's say that Rodrigo and I need to raise $10,000 in order to do our little Smallville documentary, mm-hmm. right? And so we'll go on to Kickstarter, we'll convince people why they need to fund us, and then people can contribute And only when we reach that money, that amount, do people's accounts get deducted. Right. So if I pledge $500 and it takes six months or a deadline, whatever that deadline may be, to get that $10,000, that money's in the bank. soon as that money hits, it comes out of the bank. And then the project can go forward. And typically, one of the ways that Kickstarter works is you've got several different levels of support. Do a base support, you get this. If you get... If you become this kind of a contributor, you get this kind of a return or a reward. And if you become this kind of contributor, you get a bigger reward. Uh, And so a lot of people are having success with Kickstarter. Now, when you guys mentioned pilot season and how you love this idea in concept, it triggered this uh, couple of articles that I've seen online recently where people are saying, yes, there are Kickstarter campaigns where uh, independent comic book people are going out and saying, hey, support my comic. When we reach the $5,000 or whatever I need to get this printed, we'll get it printed. And certainly companies like Boom Studios have picked up some of those Kickstarter projects and released those Mm -hmm. through their company. What if, and thinking about what's been going on with DC Comics and now with Marvel, with they're trying to figure out what kind of titles they want to do, what if Alpha Flight did a Kickstarter campaign? Who's the big Alpha Flight writer? Matthew, is there a big creator behind Alpha Flight? That's still alive.
1: Uh, who's doing it right now? John well, who, Byrne, I think, created Alpha okay, Flight. Okay, so
3: let's say that Marvel convinces John Byrne to do an Alpha Flight six-issue miniseries, and they take it to Kickstarter. Instead of trying to advance solicit stuff and get comic book shops to order of it, what if they went to Kickstarter and John, John Byrne was behind this and they said, we need to raise... I'm I'm not going to do an an extravagant amount of money. Let's say they have to raise $100,000 to do a six-issue run of Alpha Flight written and drawn by John Byrne. Would you guys buy into something like that?
4: Well, I personally wouldn't. I think— I mean, and let's say
3: that there's a variety of different—there's like a $5, you get the first issue. You do $15, you get the first issue signed by Byrne. You do hundred dollars, you get the entire run mm-hmm. all signed by Burn. You do five hundred dollars, you get a uh, sketch covers all sketched by Burn,
4: and that's your that's your payoff on that. I, I think if, if there were things like that, I would be more likely to do it. Um, honestly, if it turns out that I'm. Fronting money for something that I'm going to end up buying anyway, I'm less likely to do well, it. and
3: that's one of the nice things about the Kickstarter. For example, these cine skates that, that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I did 275 was my buy-in for this. Mm-hmm. I got the entire CineSkates package, which helped the guy finish doing the research on building them. But when he sells these in retail, they're going to be 350 Right. But I got the entire package run.
4: At, at cost, sort of.
3: Yeah, at cost, basically. Uh, so there's something that's for me. Uh, uh you know six issues of sketch John Byrne original sketches on there
4: mm-hmm.
3: gonna be probably worth more than a hundred dollars or five hundred or whatever that that price was that I set, providing that five hundred people all didn't do five hundred dollars right
4: and then and you do you can get into issues like that, but I think the other issue there is that um it would be a major company going to Kickstarter, and I don't mm-hmm. know if that's common, but Although it's perfectly reasonable and legal, right. I think people see services like Kickstarter as something for the little guys. Yeah. So if Amazon descends on a flying saucer, whoa, 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 right, whoa, right, right. whoa, we want to kickstart a thing where we destroy all public libraries. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> or that's that's what it's going to come across when a, when a larger company right gets involved with. Kickstarter.
3: But I mean, they might just you know DC might say, hey, look. Or or Marvel. I'll go Marvel because X-23 is being canceled soon.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Hey, look, we just right now can't afford to do X-23. It's not, I mean, we can't bank on 20,000 people buying this comic. Now, if 20,000 of you buy into this Kickstarter campaign, then yes, we'll go ahead and continue for however much, you know, we need to continue this series. Does that make sense? Am I kind of explaining that right? No, yeah, yeah. Instead of saying, well, I'm I'm not going to bank that. I'm going to go out and spend $5,000 on this merchandise and hope that people buy it. I'm going to ask you to pre-order it, essentially, Mm -hmm. with some benefits. And then once we reach that magical number, you'll get what you want. And so those 20,000 people will be satisfied. But at the same time, the company is guaranteed almost that their project can move forward. Matthew, would you buy into something like that?
1: I guess it depends. I mean, my worry is that I would buy into something and not get anything. You know, if we're saying we'll we'll make this book when orders hit X amount, what if they never hit X amount? Well, and that's
3: one of the what things about then? Kickstarter. The way Kickstarter works is you can say, OK, by February 1st, we need to raise one hundred thousand dollars to, to uh, do this six issue John Byrne Alpha Flight series. And you can say, great, I want I'm going to put in my five hundred dollars and I'm going to get those six sketch covers by John Byrne. February 1st comes around, they haven't met that mark, you're not out any money. And it sends a stronger message to the company that, guess what? People really aren't interested in a John Byrne Alpha flight. Right. So our reason for canceling this or not even starting it up at all are justified or not justified. Does that change your scope or idea at all?
1: Oh, yeah. that Then I'm definitely not interested.
3: Okay. <laughs> Just because you don't know if... If people would.
1: Right. I mean, well, and this is my problem with the way Alpha Flight was stealth canceled or not exactly stealth canceled. Right. Is right. The expectation that we order our comics a full 75 days in advance to me kind of implies a thought process of they need to think 75 days in advance. So if they say, yes, Alpha Flight will continue with issue nine and then, oh, no, wait, it won't. This does not give me a whole lot of, you know, great thought processes on the next time I want to set aside my money and say 75 days from now I'm going to buy X. I mm-hmm. have enough problem with, uh, like, the Teen Titans games graphic novel. I ordered it for delivery in, like, May, and it got here in September or something. Mm-hmm. That's problematic for me because well. in May I had forty-nine ninety-five to spend, and maybe now I don't yeah. because I didn't think that graphic novel was coming in. right? So, I mean – no, I can. I, I think I know where you're coming from on that on that point. I, I think what it really boils down to for me is, if I'm going to commit to buy something, I would like for you, Jack Waggons, not you personally, Stephen and Rodrigo, but you, the regal you, you know, Marvel DC image, Dark Horse, Red Five, standing by, all of them fellers out there. I would like for you, Jack Waggons, to commit to actually make the frickin' thing so yeah. that I can read it.
3: I got. I, I opened up my. Shipment last week from my guy James deckert and Salina, and you can see him he if people were asking a couple of weeks ago, you know who could we order from online he he you can find him in the in the comments section. I'm sure he'll post on this uh there were so many cancellations, and I'm not gonna say how much money I spend, but it's a lot each month on comics. Mm-hmm. There were so many cancellations in October and November that my December bill was a fifth of what it normally would be because mm-hmm. he gave me credit on all of those orders because they were just canceled. Right, right. And so he's like, here you go. And I was like, holy cow, this was great. But at the same time, kind of with Matthew, I committed to buying this stuff and I, mm-hmm. and I don't know how a lot of companies work. I mean, uh, I put my order in, and James orders those with the anticipation that I'm going to pay for those when they come in. But mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's still that Matthew, there's still at the, at the regular comic book store, that anticipation that you are assuming that you're going to order a hundred copies of Action Comics number five and you're going to hope <laughs> you're going to hope that Action Comics number five. <laughs> you're going to hope that Action Comics number five sells.
1: A hundred
3: copies. <laughs> well, I'm trying to play up Gatekeeper Comics and Hobbies as, as a really big uh, superstore.
1: Oh, we are. We're effing Huge. But and not a hundred copies out. of Action Comics, 100. huge. <laughs> <copies>. Try
4: a hundred and eight.
1: <laughs> Try twelve. Fifty. So it's more than twelve. I honestly don't know, but I think that overall, what what it really boils down to for me is from the from my perspective. First of all, when I say here, Chris, order me this crap, mm-hmm. I am saying. I am committing to give Gatekeeper Hobbies, Huntune, Engage, Topeka, the money for this. I have committed to purchase that book when I put it on my pull list. Right. Not everybody does. Some people will say, oh, well, I don't want this book that I ordered, and now you have to eat it. Right. And I think that that's, that's part of the problem is when we are ordering a book 75 days in advance, we expect you to come buy it. But moreover, we expect Marvel to print it. And recent cancellations at Marvel were an eight-issue series with issue five, which ended on a cliffhanger. And, you know, X-23 just suddenly ending and Ghostwriter just suddenly ending. These are things where these decisions are being made on the fly. Right. To the point where some of the books that are canceled were actually solicited past the place where they were canceled. Right. But at the same so we time, had solicited orders.
3: Yeah, but at the same time you didn't give your money. You said, "Hey, I want to buy it," but you didn't give Marvel any of your money to say I am going to buy it. That's why I think this Kickstarter idea kind of works because you're committing your money and when that uh, either the goal is met or that deadline is met, you either go ahead with the project or you don't go ahead with the project. And so it's kind of this like, here's our goal that we're trying to reach and if we hit it, great. I mean, for example, let's let's not take Marvel anymore. Let's take Top Cow. What happens is Flesh Digger wins this contest for pilot season?
4: <laughs> what happens? What? It gets a five-issue deal? It gets
3: a two-issue deal, and then it's canceled. No,
4: let's say Flesh Digger wins,
3: but there are a lot of people. The test was the second runner-up, and it was a close contest. Instead of saying, well, we have a tie, we're going to do both of these. What if Image slash Top Cow decided to go to Kickstarter and say, hey, you people who really like the test here's our Kickstarter campaign. We need $20,000 and we'll do the six issue mini. And then they've got the commitment from the people. They get the money from the people. They've got the rewards for the people. And when the date hits, they can go into production of that. And you get your, you get your books, you get your reward. That I, I mean, it, that kind of makes a lot of sense from my standpoint. And again, I forget what websites. There was at least two people that commented that they thought in 2012, we were going to see at least one of the major companies go to kickstarter to get a book off the ground or continue a book that had been canceled. Uh. Even if it's in a mini series form.
4: Well, it's it's not a crazy concept. I think that there will be some resistance because again, I think that ca- stuff like kickstarter I guess it is depends perceived. on what
3: the guess it depends on the reward,
4: yeah. right? Well, and, yeah. I mean, and, if it's and, a cheap it plastic depends. ring, you're probably and, not going to get a lot of people. And you know what? It depends how they play it. If they're like, hey, guys, we know that you love this series, it's just not in the cards right now, but through Kickstarter, we can do this, then yeah, maybe. If they're like, well, we're just raising our prizes and changing half of our company to Quickster, mm-hmm. then people might just react yeah, yeah, poorly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it really is a lot of the time in how a company plays. Right, things. right, 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 right.
3: I don't know. It depends on what the reward is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I put in five bucks and I got the first issue for free, and then, I, and then of course, I could buy the other issues as they came out, if the project were funded, yeah, I'd probably go in for that. Mm-hmm. But if I knew that I could get some amazing, awesome reward, you know, Stanley's autograph picture.
4: Stanley's hand.
3: <laughs> i would just chop Stan it right Lee's off. Stanley's monkey and... fist. Yeah. If you fund the entire project, we'll cut off Stanley's hand and you get three wishes. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah, you're right. I'd fund that whole project. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. But I mean, you you see what the reward is. And here's the weird thing about the Kickstarter projects that I have followed and witnessed is that they have a goal of however much money Mm -hmm. and they overshoot it by a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, This one that got some controversy uh, a while ago, I think it was image that released it. But it was a Kickstarter campaign. It was like women comics. I forget what the exact title was. Mm -hmm. But they made like a million dollars on something. They only needed uh, like $100,000 or something to do. And they made a profit on that. And some of it went to the covering costs, administration costs, and dealing Mm -hmm. with all the new increased numbers of print. And some of it went to the charitable organization that they said it would. But this one that I was just talking about a moment ago – That guy went over $200,000 over what his goal, target goal was. Mm -hmm. So I know he's doing okay now with that. Mm. And if we started a Kickstarter campaign to do our Smallville documentary, Mm -hmm. I would hope that we would get the money that we need. Right. But if we went over, then, you know, that money would go right back into the project and the people that contribute to the project, you know, get stuff, get that stuff the one that I did recently the independent film I get a uh, what is it a producer credit or something nice. for the for the money that I put in but I'm getting a good benefit beyond the producer credit as well in the return so Do they send you a folding chair no they don't but uh you know I I got like the highest inversion of the film that they had which contains a bunch of extras plus the credit and something else and it's like mm-hmm. well I want this I want item X on this list of rewards to me the cost is worth it right and I think that there are probably a bunch of people, if the reward is right, right, would buy into a Kickstarter campaign to see their favorite character's title continue. You want to see Gail Simone back on Birds of Prey? Here's what it'll cost in a Kickstarter campaign. Go. Mm-hmm. You know? And you probably see a crap ton of people jump on board that.
4: Yep. You want to see Joss Sweden bring back Firefly? There
3: have been. I, I think at one point, um, what's his name? The hunky Mc McDaniel there, the the lead character. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, yeah. Was trying to do something similar to that mm-hmm. to get a uh, to get a Firefly thing going. Yeah. And if it doesn't fail, I mean, if it doesn't make it, it you don't. Yep. You're not out any money. Yep. You might be out of some expectations of oh, what could have been. But maybe the next time they start a campaign, you rally behind it.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Something to think about. And it's not my original idea, but it would be interesting if that plays out. Because again, I've seen a couple people. Mention this in other places. All right. Here's a topic why we've got a few minutes here that I've been pushing off a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who would be on your task force X slash suicide and or suicide squad team? Who would be on your Task Force X slash Suicide Squad team? Matthew, for those people who are listening at home or abroad or in their car or on the
4: train or <laughs> the bus or <laughs> the plane you we know, or scuba that. diving. You people outside of the United States, we know you don't live in houses.
3: <laughs> in your burrows. <boroughs. laughs> Matthew, Steven. Explain, Steven
1: what a task,
3: explain what a Task Force X slash Suicide Squad is. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people know what it is, but some people may not.
1: Mm-hmm. Well first of all, you're mispronouncing it, it's actually Suicide Squid. Um and of course it's a ten legged mollusk. No wait. I don't know. Hang on a second. Ah I'm all wrapped up in my cable. This is the problem with having your microphone sitting on your stomach.
3: I think the problem is the microphone sitting on your stomach.
1: <laughs> I think maybe you need to shut up. Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, basically was an organization in the DC universe, uh, the home of Superman and Batman, ironically, put together by Amanda Waller, a government badass and evilness, taking essentially supervillain characters, bringing them together and sending them off on missions where they might not survive. And many of them didn't survive, and a lot of them got blowed away. And they did a lot of really interesting stuff where characters had, you know, uncertain motivations. And characters like Deadshot, who were, you know, straightforward villains, all of a sudden had some weird depths and characterization.
3: It wasn't So one basically
1: of the- what you're looking at – yeah, what you're looking at is a group of characters that you're going to put together and you're going to love and they're going to be awesome and super cool. And then some of them are going to die horribly.
3: Wasn't one of the hooks, though – That they were basically, they had no choice but to participate in these missions because they had an exploding collar around their neck?
1: It it was originally on their arm. Oh, okay. But yes, they were criminals. And in return for going on these missions where they might die, they got time knocked off their sentence.
3: In uh, Justice League, the animated series, there was a really good Task Force X Mm -hmm. episode Um, that I thought really kind of spelled out that these missions were not always, these missions were not always in the best interest of the people putting them on the missions, right? Uh, That uh, sometimes they were asking the Suicide Squad to do something that, black ops, covert stuff, that we don't want the American government to get their hands dirty or whoever is sending them out on these missions. It's
4: for the greater good, but it's kind of a... Uh, 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 it, it, the task itself is unpalatable. Right. And that way, if you're caught,
3: well, you're a bad guy anyway.
4: Yep. Grr, bad bane. So uh, I want to know who,
3: and we, we don't have to do this as a top five, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to know who you would put on your Task Force X slash Suicide Squad team and who the leader is and why. Rodrigo, do you want to go first?
4: I'm um, Sure.
3: Because you're doing it totally out of the DC universe. Oh right? yeah, I'm not.
4: I'm not even doing DC characters. Because I'm
3: okay. not. I'm, I'm going to uh, put Witchblade and Dark Child and yep. uh, and
4: uh, the other Witchblade, <laughs> Avenger gonna, line. Yeah, I'm going to put Sarah and uh, Danny together, <laughs> making out. <laughs> Um, it's a Kickstarter campaign. It's a Kickstarter campaign. Where <laughs> If you kick in a hundred no, bucks, here. you get a picture of them making out. If you kick in two hundred bucks, you get a second picture of them making out. So you can put it in a different place <laughs> where your mom won't find we're, it. Where <laughs> your mom. But, yeah, you get a second one in case your mom finds the first one. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. All right.
1: Anyway, we'd like to apologize to the Witchblade fans. Yes, both of you.
4: Um. So yeah, I would if I was going to do this, I'd probably be doing it in the Marvel universe because they wouldn't offer me a DC book. Right. All the smack I've talked about. Let's (laughs) let's be serious here. So who I would have is um I would have Doctor Octopus Mm -hmm. as the brains slash sort of field leader. Right. Um. Very smart super scientist also very strong with his metal tentacles of doom Mm -hmm. um
1: tentacles Tentacles. yes
4: yes, his metal tentacles of doom um you would need yes it's a different guy you would need some form of transportation and even within you know if they infiltrate a facility it would be useful to have somebody who can get the rest of the team around so I added spiral Mm-hmm. From uh, the whole Moja World deal. Mm. It's a chick with six arms who can tell, basically make little portals for the for the guys to jump through and stuff. Um, for the muscle, rather than have a big muscly guy, I would add Vermin. Mm-hmm. I think because it would be a good choice. The, the, the team leader would choose Vermin because he's easily controlled. Right. And also super strong and right. agile and stuff like that. Uh, if you'll recall, he's a rat man that has fought Captain America and <clears throat> Spider Man in the past. Um, hilariously, the Black Cat, just so you can have a cat versus rat thing going. Okay. Also, more boobies on the team. There you go. Um, and you know, agile, obviously skilled in infiltration, all that stuff going on. I would have the Shadow King from mm-hmm. the X Men, and the what I would the twist that I would put on it is that after his last battle with Professor X, because he shows up every six weeks to fight with <laughs> Professor X. Um,
3: is this the walking Professor X or wheelchair-bound
4: Professor uh, X? This time around, it's going to be... Oh, um, I don't Flip know. Flip a coin. Roll yeah. the dice. It's going to be... Uh, a four.
1: It's only partial use of its left yeah, leg.
4: Only one of his legs works. <laughs> it's going to be his, his new, gimpy his Professor His new catchphrase
1: X. is, Eileen, yeah. to me.
4: <laughs> to me, my walker Other leg. To to me, my walker with tennis balls on the (laughs) bottom. Um, Tennis
1: balls? What?
4: (laughs) Is Matthew... Do you feel that Matthew is kind of on a on a Rocky Mountain Oyster kid? Yes,
3: he is.
4: (laughs) Alright, so what I would do with the Shadow King is that he was psychically damaged enough that he actually is now in some kind of psychic uh, holding cell. Mm Mm-hmm and can only come out very infrequently to 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 do his psychic thing so the rest it, it, whereas the rest of the team has some chip that will blow up their brains he's actually beholden what you're to the organization kind of um i was i, I was going to say my first thing that i was going to say was he was going to be put in in a psychic receptacle but <laughs> um, you said psychic yeah so you know he can't it's it's kind of a, a negative man situation a right, little right, bit right. where you know he's not physically there most of the time, but he can like come out and do things as long as he comes back uh, quickly. And then the last member of the team, just so that they could have uh, a little bit more um, versatility, would be super adaptoid. But I would make it so that they have to pre-program the super-adaptoid. Like, mm. you can't just show up and start copying yeah, yeah, yeah. people's powers. Yeah, They would have to be like, well, this looks like a, uh,
3: I don't know. We're going to run into Captain America here, so you program in the Captain America pattern. Right. But then it turns out it's the thing.
4: Exactly. And right. that and that gives you a thing where super-adaptoid most of the time is only partially as useful as they want him to be. Right. Um, despite being somebody who's, who's very... uh very uh who, who has a lot of, of options available um as far as who would lead them you know it, it's kind of a cliche but it seems like nick fury would be on top of this team mm-hmm. the possible twist being that instead of nick fury it would actually be captain america mm. uh you know yeah, putting, yeah, yeah. putting people together and doing this but it seems unlikely that you know your steve rogers captain america would agree to the whole you know exploding chip in their brain right right um other possible option is just, you know, Winter Soldier's not doing anything right now, I guess. <laughs> and they really seem keen on bringing him back.
3: <laughs> all right, that's a, that's a good list. Um, I, I know Matthew's got a great list, so we're going to let him go last.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, mm. For me... Are you going to let him get all the ball jokes out of the way first? Yes.
3: Do you have any others? I'm sure he'll find some in sure, this in one, list, yeah. uh, in my list as well. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the first one that I have actually comes from that Justice League episode, Clock King. Mm-hmm. Because Clock King would be the... <laughs> Clock p- King? <laughs> yes. He would be the one that you is coordinating everything. You need to clean your earwax <laughs> out and get a better internet connection. <laughs> what? Uh, the next okay. person that I would have, because you're going to need somebody who's a master of disguise, Clayface. Mm-hmm. That's who would be kind of the, the infiltrator. The Shade. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but if you need a mass escape, the Shade's powers are going to come in. Right. Extremely, extremely handy. Uh, Kind of the leader of this group. Field commander kind of Field commander, Talia al Ghul. Nice. Okay. And then your muscle could also be Clayface, but Lady Shiva. She's got Hmm. the ninja chop moves, right? Now, typically, the Suicide Squad or Task Force X has had a quote unquote good guy on the team. Mm Mm-hmm. To make sure to that the bad guys don't... Yeah, to keep them straight. We've had Bronze Tiger. We've had Rick Flag, Rick Flag Jr. on there. Who else would have you had? Commander Steele, was he a leader, Matthew, or not?
1: Mm, kind of, sort of, not exactly. Okay. Sergeant Rock was at oh, one point. Okay. So, who's the good guy
3: on my list?
1: Ah, here's the thing
3: that you don't find out until the end of the sixth issue. hmm Talia Al Mm-hmm. Really?
4: Martian Manhunter. Nice. And See, I was totally... I was totally considering doing that. I was totally considering having one of my characters, like, possibly have him be, like, um, dupe yeah, yeah, from yeah. Ecstatics, and then you ah! find out at the end that it's Mystique. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And the reason I use Martian Manhunter oh, is hell, because yeah. he can use his telekinesis to think about what everybody... Telepathy. Telepathy to th- to hear what everybody's thinking, but also to keep them in check... So that they don't go and do the extreme things that they desire to do. Well, let's just kill everybody. And he's going to keep them in check to where they know that they need to stay on mission. Now, typically, the shadow force behind the team has been Amanda Waller for the longest Mm -hmm. time. And Amanda Waller is probably a good out. Yeah. But who is the one superhero? Well, there's actually probably two. But who's the one superhero who nobody would want to find out? That he's getting his hands dirty and possibly allowing some people to die who deserve to die. Superman. Well, that's who people might think. But in this case, Batman is the shadow leader. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows who's making these assignments until issue six, when they reveal Martian Manhunter's been controlling them. And you've been working for Batman! So that is my Suicide Squad. Nice, (laughs) Matthew. What do you think of that?
1: Would you do my Would you fund my Kickstarter campaign to make this? And being the leader was supposed to be a big twist, but that may be because I'm familiar with your work. Yes, I think that for me, I went with a completely different. I didn't go Marvel or DC. I started thinking about the real world, such as it is, and it came to me that the only person evil, manipulative. The only person who has the drive, who has the venom to do what Amanda Waller did, is a man who has proven himself time and time again to have that Amanda Waller mindset. And, of course, I'm speaking of Vincent Kennedy McMahon.
3: Is he related to John Kennedy?
1: No. He is the founder and chief executive officer of World Wrestling Entertainment. And so... Oh,
3: I see where you're going now.
1: I said, what do I need for my Ultimate Suicide Squad? You need a strong field leader. And for that strong field leader, I chose Mick Foley, Mankind, Dude Love, Cactus Jack, a man who is a master of disguise, who fits in anywhere, any place, any time, as long as he can be either a crazy hippie a cowboy <laughs> or a really really scary scary man it, it really it really
4: reminds me of that that line from that ukla the mock song about mr potato head is yeah, like yeah. he can be yeah. any one of a dozen <laughs> other potato headed men yes.
1: <laughs> exactly and first for espionage infiltration and occasional seduction Nikki and Bree, the Bella Twins, two identical girls who can pretend to be one girl and sneak around and do that basic sneaking in, getting stuff. And, oh, I'm so sorry. Now, every Task Force X needs a grizzled veteran. It needs that guy who's like, it's a bug hunt, man. Game over. Game over. And in that role, I placed the once and future Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Kevin Nash. Because Kevin's got you know the voice and he can do the thing and he's the backup. He is not, however, the muscle of the outfit. Oh, no, no, no. The muscle of the outfit is handled by Mr. Anderson, also known as Mr. Kennedy. Ken Anderson, uh, former TNA Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. He's our muscle. And you've got to have that crazy guy, the sniper, the dead shot. And, of course, for that, you've got to have the viper, Randy Orton. Okay. The crazy guy also needs that balancing and that balancing act. If you can, if you can, you know, also move that over into kind of wise, magical black man territory, that Will Smith role. And of course, that role is taken by Booker T. And of course, the final, the final piece of the puzzle, the final thing that you have to have, you have to have one utter lunatic. The guy who runs screaming into 750 people. <laughs> Who does things that no one in their right mind would ever do? Who will just leap in anywhere and get blowed away in the first issue? And of course, uh, that man is our truth, Ron Killings. And and because Vincent Kennedy McMahon is is above the day to day operations, his daughter Stephanie McMahon, also known as Nipple H, gives the day to day you know reports and sends them out on their missions, sort of like Charlie's Angels style. But I love the fact that you know Mick is the leader because then you get that whole kind of you, the the Mick Foley vibe. You can have a kind of a tongue-in-cheek espionage adventure, and you know you don't have to kill anybody. And honestly, if you do kill anybody, there's like five other guys with similar tattoos. You can just bring them right up from the you know the 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 feeder federations, and you're good to go.
3: Excellent. Good list, Rodrigo. I think so.
1: All right. What
3: the what kind of missions would they go totally. out on? Would they be, like, killing the uh, the uh, Bin Ladens and the Saddam Husseins uh, my, of the world, or what would they be doing? Uh,
1: actually, I think they'd be uh, killing the International Commission on uh, Steroid Abuse and uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> taking down,
3: taking the, down. Uh, the head of the Food and Drug Administration. The, union, the wrestlers' union uh
1: yeah, the uh, the, uh, sp- the guys who handle the licensing for sports uh, across the Northwest. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe Ted Turner. <laughs> hey, o- old grudges die hard. Never, ever underestimate an old grudge. Ric Flair turns up dead in a ditch. Nobody knows where these guys have been for a week. That's all I'm saying.
3: All right, everybody. That wraps it up for the show. Time for you to head over to the comments section. Tell us who do you want to put on your suicide squad. Who do you want to uh, uh, see on your Task Force X uh would you buy into one of these uh Kickstarter campaigns if one of the big companies promised that you could continue a series if it were funded enough? Let us let us know. Share your thoughts. Majorspoilers.com is the website. Rodrigo, have a safe and happy holiday. I guess we're gonna see you in 2012.
4: Yay. Uh, Yay. Yes. please travel, please
3: travel safe. We wanna see you back here all in one piece. Okay. All right. And uh take care. And next week we got a mystery guest. Who will be the mystery guest? We'll find out when we talk about Starman, <laughs> Omnibus 4. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. And we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers.
2: What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler. If I'm its raving race like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast, being shot up in a fine beast. Major Spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler.
4: Major Spoilers is copyright to 2011.
0: Mother's Day is almost here.